The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah. Did you see that Simpsons meme that someone made? It's like you, you had a sex scandal with a picture of her face. <laughs> Yummy. Um, and also, I don't, Matt, I don't know if you heard, but the um, opposition leader from Queensland was referred to a corruption commission by her own party. I know. It's been fantastic. And like, oh, I'm so keen to see how they try and spin that one. Like, I know it's going to be a shit show and I've prepared myself for that. I yep. don't know. I don't know how this is how this is going to go. But what I do know is you're listening to the Cave Dweller Music Podcast. It's Matt here. We're coming from our collective caves into your dank dwellings. Uh, I'm going to be the host, as uh, as I think is tradition. We have on the line a gentleman who is uh, got more passports than probably is good for him. He speaks, I don't know how many languages. So is he a spy or is he just a reformed News Corp journalist? James, how are we today, my friend? <laughs> I was never a journalist. I'm going to start with that. You worked for I, uh, business, but that's bad enough. I was a cog in the machine. I uh, worked in advertising and marketing for, for News Corp, but that's a dark period of my life that I don't like to talk about. So let's move on from there. What we do like and, to talk uh, about is the uh, third member of the Cave Dweller Music Podcast. He is from Right Smack Bang in the middle of America. If that's incorrect, I am terrible at geography. But what I am not terrible at, is uh, cartoon references. We've got Brendan on the line, who, as uh, some people might think, sounds a bit like Popeye. How are we, my man? Hey, 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 hey. How are you? I bet one of your favorite foods to uh, chow down on is spinach, and you're always chasing after some olive oil. Oh, boy. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) He does like the green stuff. Hey yo! Mm, there you go. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's always something that I think we can all get involved with. Unfortunately, James, you've had to take a bit of a breather on that uh, because they wouldn't let you into America if they found it in your system. What's up with that? That is correct. I don't know. It's been a very, very, very long time because it's been a very uh, long period of immigration back and forth between Australia, New Zealand, and the US. So, only time will tell when I am legally allowed to. Do that again. I mean, you're, but, you're um, in California, so it's like the best place for you to to live if that's uh, if that tickles your fancy. It is very true. Uh, actually, not the best. Colorado is like they make Californians look like they're sober. Um, yeah. When I was when I was there uh, recently, there was like I swear to God, I drove through some towns where they had six houses, no general store, and a dispensary. That is fantastic. <laughs> Right. It is like, I can't get my uh, windshield washer fluid, but I've got some weed. I mean, if you've got your weed, do you really <laughs> care about your, your washer fluid? I feel like that problem would just fly out the window. Literally. Oh, that's a good yeah, <laughs> That's a good pun. Um, <laughs> but actually, I should clarify that sentence there. I did say houses, and uh, some of the places we drove through did not have houses. They had uh, trailers and caravans. Oh, fantastic. So it was literally like... like, It's like Trailer Park Boys, but not in Canada. No, it's not like Trailer Park Boys. Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. You know Uncle Rico? Uh, Vaguely. Holy shit, is that where that crap Australian fucking clothing store got their name? Yes, it is. Well, it's not crap. (laughs) It's It's just very laddie. But yes, I do. I do know the one. Yeah, Uncle Rico, uh, you know how he lives in a, in a caravan out in the middle of the field? Yes. Just picture that for like miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of uh, of highway Do you re- with nothing else. Just flat ground and tra- trailer park, like individual caravans. So not trailer parks, like one caravan in a field and then every now and then a dispensary. I always have to wonder whether people like that are really happy because, you know, minimalism, tiny houses and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it would be a relatively carefree life, though I couldn't imagine it would be awfully comfortable. Well, when we were, we were in camping near the, well, not camping, it was like in a caravan. We were into the caravan, I should say, like the trailer type thing near the Grand Canyon. And the dude who owns the place, he has like four of them and that's his entire business. And he just hangs out with his dog, which is a wolf dog, and uh, sits around the fire and drinks. And that's his job. And then people just pay rent to him, stay in the Airbnb style every night. I mean, like I said, that sounds like a pretty carefree life. Exactly. I don't think he stresses very much. (laughs) 
Well, he mightn't stress a whole lot, but we've been up to quite a fair bit uh, over here at Cave Dweller Music. I haven't really been to doing uh, too many of the interviews, too many of the reviews and everything like that. So I'll throw it over to uh, you gentlemen. Tell me some of the stuff that you guys have been whipping up for the page as of late. Um, Review-wise, we have been busy. We've at a point now where we're getting between uh, from the, the band submitting stuff and PR companies and labels sending us stuff, uh, 20 to 30 submissions a week. Easily. Easily. So it's it's actually been pretty hectic, um, which is not a bad thing. So I don't want people listening to this to think, hey, we better like not send them stuff because they're busy. Keep sending us stuff. Uh, we'll work through it as we can. But um, we've had some pretty good stuff come out lately. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Anel Nothrock brought out an album. Is that the one with very the, recently? Uh, big face with dicks for eyes? <laughs> that is it. Yep. It's called Indocument, and the Uncensored <laughs> album cover does have a pig with penises for eyes. It's, it's hilarious. And um, I got them confused with the horror-themed metal band, which name escapes me at the moment, James. Karak, uh, Karak Angry. Yeah, okay. Obviously, uh, language isn't one of my strong points because I can't remember any band name. But, um, yeah, talk us through that uh, record a little bit. You seem to be pretty hyped on it. I was very hyped on it, but just so everyone in the audience knows, if those names sound kind of weird, it's because they're both from Tolkien. Those are both uh, names of places from uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, out of a rough estimate, and we'll get back to the to the album review itself, but how many bands do you reckon have named themselves after Tolkien or Tolkien-adjacent uh, things? Because, man, I, I have a strong, strong guess it would be like 500-plus it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Um, there's like an Anathra, Karak Angrin, Minas Morgul, Minas Tirith. Uh, there's a band Morgul itself. There's Morgoth. <laughs> That's just a few off the top of my head. Isn't Gor- um, uh, Gorgoroth also from Tolkien? Yes, I think Gorgoroth is also Tolkien. It's a place name, I'm pretty sure. I'm not a nerd or anything. I, uh, I just really like Tolkien. Tokens amazing. And what I love about them is like the in-depth length of songs, like just the structure of it all. It's immense sound for what they're doing. Um, also, fun fact, I did not know this until today, and I bet most people don't. Uh, Tolkien was actually born in South Africa. Ah, he hails from your neck of the woods. He does, and that blew my mind. I had no idea. Does that give you a little bit of national pride? Uh, I'm not supposed to have national pride where I'm from. <laughs> Nor am I. Oh, boy. But uh, we should probably move on to that uh, uh, record discussion. Um, and now Nothrock in Darkenment. Uh, it is probably the band's uh, most polished, most mature release so far. Um Somehow, simultaneously, they got more aggressive and more melodic at the same time. Um, I think it's because they picked their battles. So instead of just having one thing that's kind of aggressive the whole way through, they had elements that are kind of melodic and catchy, and then elements that are really aggressive. And I think the fact that the parts that are more melodic makes the more aggressive parts really stand out. So if you haven't listened to them, I would probably recommend starting with this album because it's a little bit more accessible than some of their other stuff. Um, not that it's accessible, but uh, more so than some of the other releases. Uh, these guys make music to shock people. It's always a, bit of a, a little bit of an oxymoron when you're like, okay, it is accessible, but it's also inaccessible. So to be like, it's accessible by their standards. I always think of it as the first two Portal records, although really good, sound like they've been recorded through like four or five uh, brick walls, but the ion ion sounded great but it was also yes. really inaccessible in like the classic portal way yes yeah yeah that was a great album and they're a great band and uh i saw them once when very intoxicated i saw them play with mardik and uh, they scared me holy crap did they play with mardik they nice. did that was a fantastic gig well, uh, if I wasn't jealous of you for seeing Portal before, I definitely am now. Uh, Brendan, you've been doing a fair bit of work on some of the albums coming out. What's been uh, one that's caught your eye as of late that's popped up on the Cave Dweller music page? 
Um, I would say like Sephirical Curse coming out of Finland um, is going to be an immense album. I don't think we've actually covered it, but I posted it in the private group. And uh, it is going to be insane. So has it uh, been fully released as of yet, or is it still teaser tracks and singles at the moment? It's still teaser tracks. Well, that's one that we're going to have to uh, have to keep an eye on. Um, one of the ones that I uh, reviewed for the page a little while back was the new Idols record, uh, Ultra Mono, which coming off the back of Joy as an act of resistance, I wasn't really sure as to what's going to go. Obviously, you know, I had Brutalism in 2017, and Joy that came out in, was it 2018 that that one there came out? James, you're going to have to back me up on this one. Mm, yes, I want to say yes, 2018. Right, so then they come into Ultra Mono, and Model Village was the first song I heard off that, another great track. But it overall, I really thought that Ultra Mono was, in, uh, in some respects, and actually overall now that I think about it, I found it a much easier and, and engaging listen than what I did uh, to Joy as an Act of Resistance. Maybe there's a little bit of recency bias there. And I had that thing on repeat while I was doing the album review. But you've got uh, a whole bunch of really fun imagery, like, you know, Conor McGregor with a samurai sword on rollerblades. Hilarious. <laughs> the, <love> uh, <laughs> the entire um, image set built on Model Village. The first song on the album has a whole bunch of, like, uh, war onomatopoeias and Joe Talbot just going insane. There's a song later on in the record where he barks like a dog, and I think it's one of the few times that I've heard that on a record, and it didn't sound goofy. If you've been <laughs> following anything with Idols in the last little while, you'd see that they've um, they've been engaged in a – well, they haven't been engaged. They've been called out by Sleaford Mods and Fat White Family, who I've never actually heard of prior to their little spat. Oh, I did. I looked them up after the uh, the article came out, and I have to say, idol shit's it's, all over it's, them. If you haven't seen it, it's basically uh, these two. I think they're both English bands that are upping idols for this, but they're basically going, you are not working class enough to be punk, which I can understand uh, some of the negativity that they want to put forward onto idols. When I was doing my zine, I would get uh, thoroughly annoyed when I'd see people I knew who weren't a part of, you know, the, uh, the underground scene come through, claim uh, this culture that we've been building for the last little while for themselves and then go on and have greater success for it. So in that respect can kind of see where Sleaford mods and fat white family are coming from, but on the same on the flip side of that, rather, you kind of just seem like a bit, you're like, you're gatekeeping the working class, which I found a little bit odd. Like you need to be poor and have shit health and be not very well off to be punk. And I really like Sleaford Mods, So it was a little weird. Um, I was kind of like a bit of a cognitive dissonance for me, really liking Sleaford Mods, shitting on another band that I really like on a topic, which I'm kind of, half half on but getting back to the album itself man front to back ultra mono very good record very good record indeed and uh before we move on from albums that really stood out we just had two other ones that i had to uh give some props to just oh, quickly because them. they were so good uh wolf lurch with the new album shit slime uh from florida uh those that album is just it's pummeled me i've been listening to it so much lately Did either of you guys get a chance to check uh Check that one out. Uh, I haven't had a chance to check that one out. I was just lining up another record that I wanted to talk about. So you hit me with yours, uh, and then we'll jump back to this one here. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Warflow, Shit Slime, uh, really awesome Doom Death with a really old-school feel, like OSDM style. Um, just some killer death metal out of Florida there, uh, just with an EP. And then the other one we had to talk about was uh, Squelch Chamber which came out as a surprise release uh, through um, Curse Monk Records and honestly blew me away. Uh, that one was called Nightmarish, and it was some of the filthiest music I've ever heard in my life. Uh, there's, a, there's a portion of it, I think it's track two or maybe three, where there's bass being played, and I honestly, it took me like two minutes to realize what the instrument was with the level of distortion. <laughs> um, fan, fantastic. And I, I've been talking to... Uh, 
one of the band members for about the last two weeks. He's a great guy. He's going to come on our podcast next month, uh, talk about what it's like to make such filthy music. And uh, yeah, great dude, great music. Uh, can't compliment it enough. That'd be rather interesting to hear how he um, approaches that because one of the things that I've always wondered is how do you make music that is filthy but still in the realm of music? Obviously, you know, you've got stuff that's basically just like noise, field recordings, and by like you know structurally it's not actually music but i'm always interested to see how people make music that is still boundary pushing still filthy and still not quite music while still actually being in the realm of you know a discernible song exactly and brendan i don't mean to put words in your mouth at all but did you say that fawn limbs sleeper vessels is one of your top ones for the month fawn limbs sleeper vessels is Definitely on the top of my list, and as well as uh, um, uh, Fistula. My God, that album oh, yeah. was so terrible. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Talk us through those records, man. Like I, I haven't listened to either of them. What do they sound like? Where are they from? Give us the uh, give us the Brendan interpretation. So, well, Fistula is like a brick to your face and uh, smashing your teeth in all while you can hear every sound of your your incisors being crunched. It's just absolutely disturbing and immense sound. It's amazing. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Jeez. Um, oh, you sound like you need a cigarette and a wank after just describing that record. It's really gotten to you. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's super intense, you know? <laughs> when you hear that album, especially like Fistula, like when you hear it, you're just like, what did, what, what just happened to my ears? Like, wow. Like, did that hurt? Was that good? Absolutely. Yes. To all of those. Well, was it good for you? It was good for me. <laughs> I always feel I always feel the same way going back and listening to noise because like at, at, it it takes like a good minute or two to get used to it after a while. Like uh, having not listened to it for a month or two, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, righto. And then as soon as I get back into it, I'm kind of like, I remember why I like this. And then two or three, you know, minutes down the track, I'm kind of like, I don't want to listen to anything else for the next week. I'm just going to listen to the sound of machines failing on themselves and TV static turned up to a thousand and put through like a phaser. It's, it's great. It's kind of like a cleanse almost, which I find really fun. That's uh, that's, that's, that's why I love like uh wolf lurch and uh, no, not wolf lurch. Um, uh, Scotch Chamber, because that was uh, that's noise as well. And honestly, noise is one of the most enjoyable genres in the world. Like you have to really be in the mood for it, but when you are, it's like it's just unlike anything else that exists. Yeah, it's like uh, Primitive Man, um, like early records. You know, they're just a bunch of noise where there, you know, there's no lyrics, but like you're literally just left with like what just happened was like, I just, did I just listen to a person get buried into the ground or like what's going on? It's, I, I always sort of trace it back to the fact that it's so, it's such a sensory overload when you're listening to that kind of music, where it does sort of feel relaxing afterwards. Cause you've had this big tension built up, you've had it built up. And then once it's gone, you're kind of like, Oh, Oh, life's not always like that. All right, I'm just going to get on, my, on with my day then. <laughs> yep. One album that I did want to mention, um, I know that James was really keen on this one. Brendan, this might be in your camp as well, uh, but the new Lamp of Murmur record finally was released. Uh, unfortunately, being one of those bands, I haven't seen it released on Bandcamp as of yet, uh, but Order of Dark Arts... No. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Order of Dark Arts on YouTube uh, released a full album stream, and my God, very much in the similar vein uh, to what Departure Chandelier did last year, I think it was, uh, with their record, which title escapes me. It's got Napoleon on the front cover uh, having a bit of a kip, but the Lamp of Murmur, really good black metal, really pushing what is 
uh, an often very stagnant genre. And I always sort of have a tendency to introduce black metal records, modern black metal records at that as, well, the good ones still push the genre forward because a lot of it does seem to be stuck in that late 90s, early 2000s second wave worship. But they, um, they put in a whole bunch of different things here. The song lengths. I know I shit on prog music a lot for going, you know, uh, 15 minutes and having a million different solos. But across, like, I think it's only four tracks, but the whole time it's really engaging. You've obviously got the really quick, really visceral chords that they have a tendency to play, which sounds like one note blurred together. There's a whole bunch of blast beats. There's actually some really cool uh death metal drum grooves in there which i wasn't expecting and in the later parts mm-hmm. they kind of they um they push in some sort of the best way i can describe it is they push through some melodies which shouldn't fit it's like the old um uh but it's like the old burzum records where it's like got the black metal but then over the top they've got those really distinct obvious uh key lines that sort of glide over this horrible mess it's a really great record and over the next couple of weeks i'll be definitely definitely popping a review up on the uh facebook page for that one there those are just sort of the thoughts of it uh off the top of my head because i did want to get it documented that i listened to that record and i thoroughly enjoyed it (laughs) good to hear um, do you want me to quickly, just before we move on to the next section, to uh, list off a couple of the other reviews we covered in the past month that are worth Definitely. noting? I think at this point as well, uh, it would be worth mentioning that we've actually included a few more writers uh, in the Cave Dweller music crew. You've still got the, uh, the Cerberus yes. of James, Brendan and Matt, but we've got a few extra, uh, extra limbs, extra heads on this Cerberus. Honestly, man, if we keep going, we're not going to look like a Cerberus. We're going to be a Hydra. But that's enough fucking uh, reference to Greek <laughs> mythology. James, run us through the uh, the writers that we've brought on board. Yeah, we've actually got um, we got Will J, who actually writes for Wolves in the Drone Dune. That's his site. Uh, he's done a bit of work for a few other um, bigger blog pages as well, uh, including – actually, I'm not going to say because I can't think of the top of my head what it was. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, but he has uh, – he's definitely written for some bigger pages as well. Um, we've also got Yari, uh, who's a friend of Matt and I's, who uh, lives in Australia, who's been helping us a lot with the prog stuff. So Yari's come on as essentially our prog correspondent. Which ties in well because um, I, uh, as the, recently mentioned that I can't stand prog. I don't want to listen to a fucking 15-minute song with 10-minute solos and have their entire fan base tell me how fucking good their music is. If it's good music, motherfuckers, why don't I like it? Ooh, you can play a fucking Egyptian pentatonic scale, but you can't write a catchy fucking song. Do you like Tool? No, I hate Tool. He He's uh, very closed-minded on this matter. He's ignorant. Yeah, fuck um, him. But, no, I don't want to listen to um, shit music. Oh. Yeah, so we, we pretty much... Oh. We pretty much brought on Yari to balance balance out Matt because Matt has some uh, some deep seated issues with prog music, which I think maybe go back to his childhood when he was touched by a prog album. No, I wasn't touched by um, a prog album because if no. I was touched by it, maybe I would enjoy it. I just I think what has happened is I've uh, <laughs> I've been surrounded by prog musicians and uh, very sort of technically sounded musicians my entire life or front, like through childhood and they just keep telling me how great animals as leaders are and how fucking great dream food hey animals oh. leaders are great don't you dare talk about animals is leaders. amazing man come on yeah i've seen him live yeah, he's fantastic so, it, it's a three-piece band you ignorant fuck i don't like them and even i know that it's not just tosin abasi solo project Hey, okay, what you should know is it was a good, it's originally was going to be Tosin Abazi, but he refused to do the project unless he could bring on other musicians. Right. So essentially, it is the Tosin Abazi project. He did the air guitar solos in the new Bill and Ted. Like, let's, like, come on. All right. That's classic. I got to give him credit for that. That's pretty damn cool. But yeah, anyway, that kind of, that kind of <laughs> just needed to inject my dislike for prog. But yeah, so we brought Yari on to, to counterbalance me. Um, <laughs> basically because of of the previous two minutes of diatribe against the genre. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and uh, then we also have uh, Nick from Haitian Firm 
uh, who is just a guest writer. So he'll just contribute every now and then when he gets a chance. So you'll see some of his stuff popping up. And uh, we're currently in talks with someone else, but we won't say anything until that's confirmed. So at the moment, it's just the two uh, two proper writers and then We've the one guest some, writer. we uh, plans in the works, uh, so to say. So just keep an eye out uh, on the website and on the Facebook page. We'll have some more stuff coming up on there. But one thing that I did want to get going uh, for this page is sort of a, a hall of fame almost, but obviously we are cave dwellers. We come from our collective caves into your dank dwellings. So rather than having it as a standard uh, hall of fame, I was thinking of, you know, we can have some cave paintings, something, you know, that we really enjoy that we want to memorialize uh, through all time until BHP come through, uh, or was it Rio Tinto? Until Rio Tinto come through and blow up an Aboriginal site, but they don't have to clean it up, but we won't get into that. So basically what this whole thing is, is uh, James, myself, and Brendan will each present and vouch for something that we want to go up on our uh, cave paintings. And then you guys uh, basically either jump on to, I think we will pop it up on the uh, Cave Dweller Music closed group. So we'll upload a poll there. You vote for whatever one you want. And then uh, we sort of go through there in whichever one with the, the most votes wins. I, I uh, shot you guys a message beforehand. Have you prepared your item, your thing, your cultural artifact to go up as, uh, as a cave painting? What do we got? Um, I will let Brendan go first and then I'll follow up. Nice. Uh, so I have a decade of depression by sister, which is an entire cover album. And my favorite is, uh, how the gods kill by dancing originally. And I know how much James loves dancing. So I had to go with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my second favorite cover uh, is Reaper by Dark Throne. And um, yeah, dude, this album, those, so this is the uh, fifth and sixth song on the album. They do a mandatory suicide by uh, Slayer, um, Uh, From Whom the Bells Toll by Metallica. Like they cover a lot of great bands here. And um, this is, literally their tribute to being a band for the last 10 years and it's fucking astounding um i think this is a go-to um record for anyone who is like wondering about what Fister's all about uh they are absolutely crushing every single one of these uh songs and the album even before that no spirit within um, absolutely crushing and devastating power vocals. Um, oh, geez, these guys, they got it all. They check off all the lists. They're, they, they're doomy, they're sludgy, they're just blackened. It's, it's all of it, everything. It's a total package. Wonderful. So we've got uh, Seasons of Depression by Sister, was it? I'm just writing these ones down, making notes so we can uh, upload it to the Facebook page. No, oh, Fister, Fister. Fister, sorry. Right, got it. Yeah, yeah, Fister. All good. It's that damn Popeye accent that's getting me. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So we got uh, Fister season of depression. James, what are you trying to pop up on our cake? So, decade, decade of depression. Uh, look, I'll get there in the end. I'll get there in the end. Right. Uh I'm going to have to go with um, Thou's album from this year, A Primer of Holy Words. All right, talk us through that. Uh, also, just give it a little bit of a heads up. You guys have gone for serious albums. I was just going to be a shithead and say something dumb. But walk, walk through yours, James, and we'll, uh, we'll get to my idiocy in a minute. <laughs> um, well, I, I chose mine for the same reason as Brendan chose his. It's a cover album uh, that covers a lot of different famous bands and uh, obviously Thou are one of the biggest cover, like they're the kings of covers, really. One of the kings of covers. Oh, so they good. do like some of the best in the business and they cover fantastic songs. Um, I don't think any other band could do a cover of Nirvana, so, an entire album of Nirvana covers and make it yeah, worth I know. listening Nirvana's to. Nirvana's never worth um, listening to, but, but Thou made it possible. They did. They made it fantastic. Um, this album isn't that one. This is a different cover album. This one is a collection of different bands. So 
they cover everyone from uh, Agents of Oblivion to uh, Black Sabbath. There's some um, uh, Alice in Chains. It's pretty much got everything in there, uh, and it's fantastic. Honestly, it's some of the best Black Sabbath covers I've ever heard. Like the they cover they have Into the Void, Sweet Leaf, Black Sabbath, and Lord of This World. Um, just some fantastic stuff there, and they make it sound. So good. All right, so uh, what was that one there? Let me just write it down. Let me take some notes. Uh, Primer of Holy Primer Words was the album. Of Holy Words, beautiful. And uh, what was the band again? Sorry, man. Oh, uh, All righty. Cool. Right. Sweet. All right. So we got uh, Fister, Decade of Depression, Thou, Primer of Holy Word. Uh, and I preface this with. Uh, a little bit of idiocy. I'm actually just going to nominate the Facebook page Kanye Metal Quotes. <laughs> Which... <laughs> and, and honestly, that's that's the kind of nonsense that I want up on our uh, cave wall. We really we really do love heavy music, but uh, it's also just really ridiculous, and we're a bunch of dickheads. But essentially, if you haven't seen Kanye Metal Quotes, and you're a metal fan, you're a fan of heavy music, alternative stuff, styles like that, please go and check it out. It is hilarious, and it's basically just this one dude shit-posting about every single metal band. Uh, There's quotes, and it looks like it's attributed to Kanye. He just posts fucking text box, photo of Kanye, shit-post, it's hilarious. And to give you a, give you a bit of an idea uh, as to some of the content, I just want to read out a few choice ones that I found. Uh, one is Marilyn Manson was supposed to kill himself in 1996, but he didn't. So to me, he'll always be a lying ass bitch. <laughs> Pretty apt. Oh, here we go. This, this works out. Um, this works out well because you guys were shitting on me for uh, not liking Tool. But Kanye's pretty sure even Tool hates their fans. Oh, they definitely do. <laughs> and majority. <laughs> Come on. So that's uh, yeah, that's basically sort of what I was uh, I was going to put forward to go up on our cave walls. Uh, just really dumb stuff, really fun stuff like that. So if you want to jump on to the Cave Dweller Music uh, Facebook group, we've got a page. We've also got a closed community group where you can get in touch with the, uh, other fans of the page, have a chat. It's a big music sharing group that we should all uh, get into and, you know, talk to some like-minded people. We'll be popping up uh, the poll in the next couple of days. So you can either vote uh, for Thou, Primer of Holy Words, uh, Fister's Decade of Depression, or the Facebook page, Kanye Metal Quotes. It'll all be up on the Facebook page. Look, if, if, if we're doing... Facebook pages and make fun of metal, then I'm going to have to substitute mine for something oh, different because I have a different option, which I just, which I discovered today called albums with the wrong band name. <laughs> oh, on. that is amazing. And, uh, or albums with googly eyes. <laughs> with have you seen eyes. that? <laughs> yeah. That's a fantastic uh, page. <laughs> albums with wrong band names on them is like a 10,000 person group oh, I came across fantastic. today. And I swear to God, there's like a hundred memes alone of people using the uh, Altars of Madness album cover by Morbid Angel to make dumb memes. <laughs> and it's fantastic. I just saw one of the new uh, Six Feet Under um, mixed up with the Halloween store uh, going out of business. <laughs> oh, brutal. It was so brutal. Okay, do you even need... Do you even need memes to make fun of Six Feet Under at this point, though? <laughs> no. Isn't like, uh, isn't Chris Barnes like the joke itself? Like he, he doesn't need he is the punchline. Right, yeah, it's so uh, those guys should have just left it at that and walked away. Last album. Can I say that at the point when your label turns comments off on the single that they're releasing for your album is a bad indicator, like. They're like, well, people are going to be so mean to us that we have to disable comments before the album even goes up. Mm-hmm. I remember they. Uh, and I another remember, example. No, it's right. I was just going oh, sorry, yes. on the um, uh, on the labels disabling album comments. I remember that Metal Blade did that with the latest Fake Batushka record. Um, yeah, whatever. Oh, did they? Uh, whatever his fucking name is, the Fake Batushka. Um, when their first single came out, they immediately turned off comments because everyone's like. 
this isn't the real band. Where's Christoph? What the fuck's going on? It's kind of like, yo, if, if, if the fans know that something's awry, why, why are you still flogging this? Yeah. Wait, I think, I think yeah. Metal Blade was the one that put up the new Six Feet Under album oh, and turned off comments Blade. again. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a bad track record. They might have. I was about to say, you schooled me on that because – I was like, hey, you guys, this guy told me about this band. And then you were like, no, no, no. This is the real band. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Someone uh, did the same thing or a similar thing in the, um, in the group the other day. I posted, uh, I think we, it was the last uh, fan poll day. And someone was like, uh, it was like, oh, yeah, uh, artists that have passed away. And I was like, well, I can only really say G.G. Allen. So I posted uh, his song Carmelita and someone told me it was a Neil Diamond song and then in behind that it was someone else's covers. So it seems like uh, everyone knows a little bit more than we do. You know, I mean, <laughs> you can't knock people for like, you know, they, like, they may know where something came from, but like that's not what we were talking about. You know what I mean? Like who covered who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this guy... Gigi Allen, uh, the chosen son of New Hampshire, was a maniac, and you know he died, and he made some really ridiculous music, really some crazy stage performances. But that's that wasn't the point. So those people can uh, shut up. I do have a fun little uh, little side anecdote about Gigi Allen. When I was working at a radio station in Brisbane. They had a show specifically for uh, the listeners. I think the premise was like it was made specifically for people who were currently serving time and who were in prison. And it was the way for them to communicate with their family on a wider base and their family to communicate them uh, on a personal level, which is really cool. And everyone involved in the show was awesome. And I had a lot of time for them. But my favorite thing about that show was every single song request without fail was Gigi Allen with like a tagline being like, he was the last true rock and roll icon, long live Gigi Allen. And I'm just sort of going, this is, this is the exact kind of stuff I want to hear on a community station. 48 hours of Gigi Allen, please. And thank you. <laughs> Does he have 48 like, hours worth of music? Those I say 37 point. Four seconds, and you can just listen to it on. You can just listen to it <laughs> on repeat, enough. or if you if you're feeling fancy, just listen to "Suck My Ass." It smells over and over until your ears bleed. Mm. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try something else a little bit different here on the uh, Cave Dweller Music Podcast. We sort of want to put something out on our cave painting. We want to memorialize it, and of course, you can go and vote for those ones there on the Facebook group. But the other thing that I wanted to bring up as well. Uh, is a new section we're going to call From the Grotto. Big thanks to Brendan for actually reminding me that a grotto is a kind of cave. But what we're going to do is bring albums out that, you know, uh, old albums we've only just rediscovered, uh, old albums that we'd never heard of but only recently discovered, or even old albums that we really love and don't see getting the due uh, that we think they deserve. So that's going to be a thing that we're going to be running uh, pretty much in every podcast, and I'm going to kick things off if you guys don't mind me getting stuck into it. Go for it. Uh, I Go recently ahead. found the album uh, by Fishmans, and I posted it on the Facebook page the other day. Really big fan of it. Uh, the album's called Long Season. It came out in 1996, so I would have been a wee baby of like, wow, like one under one when it came out. So I'm so very thankful I got to rediscover it. Uh, really interesting album. It's like 37-ish minutes long, but it's one entire track from start to finish. And kind of like in the way how uh, classical music musical pieces are put together, it's done in separate sections and in separate movements. And it's a really interesting and also really fun blend of pop, psychedelia there's some sort of ambient parts through there one of the best parts in the record i think it's like four or five minutes and it could be part four or part five i'll have to double check that but it is basically this swirling ambient piece and just some vocal lines just some really simple like rising and falling vocal lines 
for about four or five minutes. And it was just, it's one of those records that you put on because I recently got really into ambient music and it's a perfect record to sort of follow on from that. It's got a little bit more structure. It's got a little bit more happening. There's some fun piano keys cascading down. There's some really cool drum, uh, drum sections. But it's just one of those records where if you put it on, you put it on with headphones, or you listen to it on good speakers, everything else just kind of, kind of fades away like you're stuck in the world that this album's created for you. You will get there. You will return to normality once it's finished. But for those 37 minutes, you're not in your room, you're not in your car, you're not sitting at work or in the library. You're in whatever place, whatever time, whatever world Fishmans want you to be when they made Long Season. So that's mine to bring up from the grotto. It's going to be Fishman's Long Season. Uh, did either of you guys check that one out when I posted it to the page? Yeah, I'm not going to be upset if you haven't. I'm just, you know, going to double down on my hatred of prop. I read it, but I haven't listened to it. I, I honestly, uh, I have not listened to well, it. Well, there we go. Now that it's brought back from the grotto, that's something we can get onto. Brendan, what is the album that you were bringing back from the past, bringing back from the grotto? You've got your DeLorean. You've gone back in time. Now you're back to the future. What record have you brought with you? So for me, it's a Black Rainbows album. And I, Carmen Diablo. I love it. It's from 2010 and it's just great rock stoner influenced doom. Um, well, a little faster than doom. Um, the first track Himalaya is one of my favorites. The album sets the pace for like a basic amazing drive out into the wilderness or through the desert. It's just cosmic. It's deserty um, as far as you know your desert rock, but with amazing vocals that you can sing along to. That's that's where I'm at with that. And one. I had a look at the album cover as well. It's it's got the classic uh, skull. I think it's a bird skull. That's a it's rabbit a, skull. Looks like a rabbit yeah, skull. So it's definitely uh, it's ah. definitely doubled down on those desert vibes. Plus, you've also got like, you know, anytime you see a record that has red, black, yellow, brown, oranges, and that kind of stuff, you more or less know that you're in for some sort of desert doom record. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's it's one of my favorites out of that that uh particular band. And uh they put out a lot of records. They did a split. Um, with Far Flung, which is also one of my favorite splits of all time. Uh, it's just everything out of it is generally just really quality and thought through. They're out of Italy. Amazing. Amazing. So I don't really know of too many uh, Italian metal bands. I think the only other one that I can think of is Goblin. And the only reason I know them is because they did the soundtrack to Suspiria way back in day. We, uh, we've actually covered three Italian metal bands this month. And those bands are? Ooh, now you're putting me on the spot. Um, give me two seconds. I will be able to tell you. I know two of them off the top of my head, but I want to get all three. We have um, Proscription. There's one. Uh, we had uh, uh, Affliction Vector was the other, which is some awesome raw black metal. And Who was the was third one? Oh, hateful, hateful oh, is the other hateful. one. Yeah, that tech death band. Oh my god, that was that's probably one of the first tech death bands that got me into tech death, and it's yes, I agree. I great. I um, I honestly think that band rips some shit up. One second, I have to fact check myself because I think I might have gone one of these confused. Is it Italy? No, Proscription was Finland. The third one we covered that was from Italy was Alfonso Caracci, which makes sense looking at his name. So we had Hateful, Alfonso Caracci, and Affliction Vector, the three Italian bands we covered this month. Go check them out on the Facebook page. But getting back to the task at hand, James, what is the album that you're bringing back uh, from the oft-forgotten past? Okay, so complicated answer because there's so many different remasters of this and editions, but I'm going with 
Hellhammer's Apocalyptic yeah. Raids from 1984. Yeah. All right. Um, I actually got I, Matt. You and I both love this album. We talked about it a lot over the years. Um, but I recently fell in love with it all over again after listening to it a few weeks ago. Um, because we reviewed a band that actually sounded quite a bit like Hellhammer. Um, and uh, made me listen to the whole thing again. Now, I've probably listened to it another three times since then. So it's a complicated answer because the original EP from 1984 only had four tracks on it, um, but it was brought out again in 1990 as Apocalyptic Raids AD, uh, which had the full album, which included two tracks from a compilation that they did. And it's, uh, that version is great because those two tracks are fantastic. And then it was just remastered again in the 2020 edition. So what are the, where we got? Uh, the Third of the Storm, Massacara, Triumph of Death, Horus, Aggressor, Revelations of Doom, and Messiah. I'm guessing that's the most recent uh, pressing of that one there. I think so. It's what's on Spotify currently. Um, is this called Apocalyptic Rage 2020 Remaster? Ooh, I'm going to have to go listen to that. I've been listening. I can't remember which one. Uh, that I've been listening to. But for those who are listening in and don't know Hellhammer, walk us through them a little bit more. So if you've heard of uh, Celtic Frost, you know who Hellhammer are. They, these guys were like proto-Celtic Frost back before they became the big name band. Uh, and they only did, they never did a full-length album. They did three demos, an EP, a split, and then a couple of compilations. Uh, and then they shifted over and became Celtic Frost, who happened to be one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, Tom G. Warrior has actually put out uh, three of my top ten albums. So two, one of which was with uh, Celtic Frost, which is Monotheist, I which Matt, I know you're a fan of. And um, the other two were with uh, his other band, Trypticon, which is also fantastic. I remember chatting to you about trying to – uh, whittle down a, a top 10 albums, not even a top 10 album. I think it was like a top 10 bands of all time. And I think we ended up coming with like 12 or 13 just because, man, that's hard. Dude, that's a tough, that's tough. It was hard. It took us, it took us like a week and a half I, to get I, back to each other on that one. I think music style changes like through seasons, you know what I mean? So like I find myself listening yeah. to a lot of heavier music then that becomes like like for fall and winter, right? I listen to like the more dark and depressing, more raw music. And then when it comes around to spring and summer, I'm listening to more of like the uh, not necessarily like poppy, but like more like you know positive styled of of metal or music or it, whatever it is. But like everything changes with season for me, you know. Um, so I think coming up with a top 10 would be immensely daunting. Task. I would like, I would like to see your, I uh, think we did try playlist, though. We should do a, a Brendan seasonal playlist. You can have one for the colder months, Ooh. one for the warmer months, and you can sort of be our, uh, our vibe consultant for what we need to play during particular parts of the year. I would love to do that. You got to fight that seasonal depression. Yeah. But not. I entirely Absolutely. agree with uh, um, with that. Like uh, you listen to different things over different months. Like coming out of winter and heading into spring, I've fallen deeply back uh, into the. Uh, how do I say this without being, or at least describing it? But the the best way I can describe it is, uh, reformed Tumblr girl grew up in the punk scene and now has a guitar kind of music. So you've got like. Your Phoebe Bridges, your Julian Bakers, we're talking snail mail and all that kind of stuff. It's I've just been listening to that on repeat for ages because it's really good change of season weather. We're coming out of winter here in Australia. Winter. <laughs> but then we're going into sort of a spring. And I don't know, there's just something, there's just something about it where you can listen to it when uh, things are finally warming up and flowers are blooming, and you just sort of sit there going, yeah. Yeah, this is right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not even just like seasons, it's settings, like what you're doing at the time and where you are and like what, because when I did that road trip recently, um, there was a, a lot of times where I was just driving through desert all day with nothing else around, just desert. 
And uh, there was definitely, like, I listened to a lot of Caius because I can totally see why desert rock is a thing because that, that, like, upbeat rhythm and the high, like, you know, the galloping sort of riffs really suits going, like, way over the speed limit down back oh, desert roads. Oh, yeah, baby. I couldn't agree more. So there we go. We're bringing out uh, of the grotto. Let's do a recap of what we brought out. I brought out Fishman's Long Season out of 1996. Brendan, you brought back from the past. What did you bring back? Yeah, from the past? What, uh, what record it, are we it? bringing out from the past? What's coming back from the grotto? What's coming what back? What album the did grotto? we just talk about? Oh my God. Let's, uh, let's cut it back. I would say that was the Carmine Diablo from it Black was, Rainbows. Was that it what was, was indeed. And uh, James, what, what did you bring? Yes. Back? Hellhammer? It was Hellhammer, Apop- Apocalyptic Raids, but we're going to maybe go with the 1990 version because it had the yeah, full track listing. remastered corporate nonsense in our black metal, please and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only like that one because it has the two extra tracks. Because this, the original EP no, no, only has four songs. Songs are really good. What are They're really good. Songs? I've got it up here. It is uh, oh, Revelations of Doom and Messiah. Two great songs. I still think Triumph of Triumph yes, of Death fantastic. is probably the best one on there. Although Horus Aggressor is also really fun. I also would like to admit that uh, for. Uh, the spring and summertime, I'm a huge fan of Baroness Yellow and Green. That is probably one of my all-time I can favorites. see that. I can definitely say that. I'm a huge – I've never really listened too much to Baroness, but the guy who does the album cover for that also did some work. He did some work. Oh, he's so good. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, you got to give Yellow and Green uh, and uh, definitely – you got to do it. You got to do it. Uh, it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come out and admit that I never got into Baroness. I've tried so many times, like six or seven times, to to, to like them. But it's not that I dislike them. It just doesn't do much for me. And uh, uh, I apologize to all those Baroness fans out there because I know that I should like them by all means, but I just don't. Ah, uh, yellow. You got to give yellow and green a a, a go. It, for me, I you know take my bones away or little things just. Ah, it's so good. Or back where I belong, you just it brings S- back. Send me, like, send me like the top three. Send me the top three Baroness songs so I can I can listen to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just oh man, there's so many like uh, uh, like the entire album Yellow and Green, 2012. Uh, I could also put that for my uh, my Back in the Grottoes album too, but I think Fister really fits that bill. Um, I've just pulled it up on Spotify and uh, I'm pretty much just going to be reading Marquis de Sade this afternoon. So I found my, uh, my music to listen to while I read. Yeah. Uh, dude, yellow, yellow and green, man. I'm telling you, that's, it's fantastic. Beauty gents. Well, if there's anything else that we, uh, wanted to add, oh, that's what we'll do before we wrap up. So we sort of covered at the start, what we've already done on the page. What are we going to have coming up in the next little while? I've, on my end, uh, I'm going to be doing the uh, review for the new Lamp of Murmur record. I also have one coming in the next little while for a brand new record by Stiff Richards. Um, So keep an eye out on the page for that one there, and they'll be up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, do you want me to go through the uh, top list of upcoming albums yes, we're excited please. about from our Zealand website? I know is definitely on there, but uh, you can fill us in with what else is going on. Oh, yeah, yes. baby. That is the first one coming up, actually. That's in uh, that's in 10 days. Yep. Zealand Arda. It's going to be amazing. Um, then on the 30th, we have Possessors Down the Light, which uh, we actually put the review up for yesterday. Um, if you haven't heard of them, they sound like a really modern version of Venom. But uh, with like a sludgy, doomy overtone. Like black and rock and metal. Um, so, yeah, like a black speed metal, but with no uh, like a really sludge tone to Venom, it. So I'm but his voice. Check that out. Yeah, you should. His voice sounds so similar as well to um, Kronos's. Um, the other one we have, which Brendan and I are huge fans of, November 13th, we've got Off Feather and Bone mm. with their upcoming album, Tough Disintegration. 
Um, after that is actually a pick from our other writer, Will J, uh, Karop Mara Alter, with the album Patiently Waiting for Wonderful Things. That's November 27th. And then January 15th, we have Grave Huffer Necro Eclosion. Uh, but we will have the review for that one up next week. Damn, when they righty. So we're, uh, we're getting in really early. It's October and we're already looking ahead to January next year. We are because uh, I've been chatting to the, the guys from that band. They're really good dudes and uh, we want to help them out. Can. Um, and the, if you do exactly. want to get in touch, you can hit us up via the Facebook page, Cave Dweller Music. We've got our website up as well, cavedwellermusic.net. James has just done some fucking technical wizardry. So if you don't feel like sending us a big proper big boy email, you can just hit a little little icon down the bottom corner. It'll take you straight through to our messenger on our Facebook page. Makes it a whole lot easier. Kind of takes the uh, daunting formality out of it. It does. And it's even oh, pre-programmed with that? some questions for you. that You can just click to send directly to us. That's everything I had uh, lined up and wanting us to chat about today. Gents, is there anything that we've uh, missed out that you guys wanted to plug? Anything that we uh, haven't had a chat about that you wanted to bring up to the table a little bit more what do we got we've uh... just uh just one thing we got uh the yes, beer uh, do yeah. give us an update uh, on how the beer's um, coming along i'll, I'll let i'll let uh the brew yeah brendan do you want to take the lead uh yeah so we have uh the double rye ipa done we dubbed it rise of the dead love a good and one. it's at a uh, 6.2 abv and uh, it's going to be amazing. I actually just got all these stickers in to slap on the bottles for Misanthropic Records. And uh, they're supporting artists and bands. And along with Alloy Radio, they uh, got a few bottles as well so that uh, when they get shipped out, I hope everybody truly enjoys it and uh, we can get that ball rolling even further. It's always, uh, I always like having a beer associated with our website it's a really fun little touch i think i think so too and uh hopefully we can eventually get to a point where we're churning out a bit more of it because brendan actually bought a whole new setup yeah which is a big rig i did yes so i uh i just upgraded all of my homebrew equipment and uh everything should be a very a very easy flow uh as far as uh you know, five gallon batches being made, uh, when whatever style you want, it's, it's available. I can do it. Well, that's something to keep an eye on. And I have, uh, no doubt that beer and heavy music go very well together. So you can have a few people hitting you up about that. I hope so. And, uh, I guess the last thing we want to mention is we are now on YouTube since our last, uh, podcast where we all chatted together. So if uh, you or your band would like to do track premieres of any kind, uh, feel free to hit us up and we can get those uploaded for you. Um, the other thing is our podcasts are also now on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify listener, uh, check us out there, which you might already be doing while listening to this one. But if not, just know that we are there two too. Together. If you want to hit us up and be a part of the podcast, see, two things are one, very good plug. Uh, we're going to be opening up a mailbag from Ooh. pretty much now on. I haven't come up with a clever cave or caveman-based uh, way to describe it. But, yeah, if you want to hit us up, send us some questions, ask us about, you know, uh, our favorite band, our least favorite band, the best show that we've ever been to, the best venue that we've ever been to. Mine's going to be Crowbar, just a spoiler alert. Or if you just want to talk, or if you just want to talk <laughs> shit with us. Oh, yeah. If you want to know why I can't watch Breaking Bad because I love Malcolm in the Middle too much, by all means, send us that one there. Uh, yeah, so many things. If you want to know how Brendan likes his coffee, let us know. Ask us a question. He'll give you all his recipes. Well, maybe you won't. He maybe keep that one close to his chest. But have a chat to us. Get involved. We want to hear what you guys uh, want to know. We want some more feedback. We want some more interaction with you uh, through our podcast and through all of the uh, available avenues. Yeah, I think uh, the only other thing is, I guess we, we just uh, let everyone know that we've got a few podcasts coming up, some interviews lined up. Um, so in the near future, uh, we're hopefully going to have Jem uh, from Dead, uh, Australian band, uh, coming to have a chat with us. And uh, hopefully uh, one of the guys from Squelch Chamber is going to come have a chat with us as well. Um, it was a band that we mentioned earlier, something we really liked. Uh, the man who will be chatting with us 
is Jason. Um, and uh, aside from that, I think that Beautiful. just about Thank you wraps very much us up. For joining us in our collective caves. This is the Cave Dweller Music Podcast. We'll catch you all next time around the fire.